Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, I hope you are having an incredible start to your Friday. You can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSB, and across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name, my name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And the latest is this, you have to know that the Braves were glad to be back home in Atlanta. A bit of a weird part of their schedule where last week they had, you know, two series at home against the NL East and then they go on the road just for one series, a quick road trip up to Detroit and it definitely was more difficult than I think many had anticipated. One of the more disappointing performances from the Braves in Monday night's loss, where the Tigers came back late in the game to win, and then yesterday, going through some struggles. You know, the struggles of Spencer Strider continuing on the mound, and overall the Braves starters continuing. You know, even Dylan Dodd had a rough night last night as well in Game 2. Of course, the, the unexpected injury that occurred to Jesse Chavez. We'll discuss that a little bit more in the episode. But the fact is, is that despite the fact that it was a more difficult road trip to Detroit than many had anticipated, this Braves team was still able to get the job done. Getting two wins in a doubleheader on Wednesday, getting the doubleheader sweep, getting the series win, it was a great way for this Braves team to get some momentum coming back home on Thursday night. And the big reason why is because another golden opportunity awaited the Braves as they were going to take on the Rockies, a team who on paper just does not match up to what the Braves can offer, does not match up talent-wise to the Braves. So the Braves being able to win this series against the Rockies could continue to help them to put distance between themselves and the rest of the NL East. And that's exactly what the Braves did. Though the Rockies got the first run of the game, the Braves left little doubt that they were going to be able to be in control early. As in the top of the second, the Rockies got their home run, but in the bottom of the second, Kevin Pillar delivered with a two-run double. Later on in the inning, Ozzie Albies hit a three-run double, and the Braves went up 5-1 to one and never looked back. An 8-3 to three victory over the Rockies on Thursday night, which of course also included a home run from Matt Olson. But three quick takeaways that, that really stood out in, in terms of just an overall positive night for the Braves. No drama, no real struggles, you know, no real issues at all. And the reason why that was the case is because of the contributions of some unexpected sources. For one, A.J. smith Shaver. You know, he was originally scheduled to start Wednesday's game against Detroit if it had been a regular game instead of a doubleheader. But he gets his second career start at home. And yes, he did struggle a bit. Gave up two home runs. Gave up, you know, six hits overall. But he maintained his composure. And there was a little bit added pressure to A.J. smith Shaver in this game because with as much as the Braves' um, bullpen and overall pitching staff had been used on Wednesday, the Braves badly needed for smith Shaver to go five, six innings, and that's exactly what he did. Five and two-thirds innings, six strikeouts, only one walk, did give up the two home runs, but three earned runs and six hits. And the Braves gave him the run support that he needed, so there was much more to like than dislike in A.J. smith Shaver's second career start, and there's plenty to build off of. He definitely has impressed so far in his time in the majors, and he seems primed to be able to maintain a rotation spot, hopefully for at least a few more weeks. But of course, the other person 
that stepped up after A.J. Smith-Shaber went out of the game was Michael Tonkin. And that seems to be a recurring theme this year. Tonkin made the, the opening day roster, you know, in the eyes of many probably, including myself, unexpectedly. And, and, you know, with how much, you know, the Braves have had to shuffle things when it comes to their starting rotation, Michael Tonkin multiple times this year has seemed like the natural candidate to potentially, you know, be designated for assignment or what have you. But he has consistently delivered in the role that he's been asked to fill. That multiple inning potential mop-up role, but also support role. When more valuable arms in the bullpen have been used and they have been unavailable due to how they've been utilized, Michael Tonkin, several different occasions, has been asked to pitch multiple innings, and that's exactly what he did on Thursday. Three and one-thirds innings, one hit, one walk, six strikeouts. He now has a 3.2 run ERA on the season, and this probably was his most impressive appearance of the year. He has been an absolute stud in his role so far this year in terms of being an integral part of the Braves bullpen, and he did a great job. Just like Smith Schauber supported the Braves staff overall by going five and two-thirds innings, the fact that Michael Tonkin went three and a third innings himself to close out the game, that allowed for the bullpen to have an extra night of rest, which could be huge as the Braves go into the weekend. And then besides the excellent performances of A.J. Smith-Shaver as well as Michael Tonkin on the mound, the story of the night was offensively, and once again, it was Kevin Pillar delivering in a big moment. I'll be the one, I'll be the first one to admit, when the Braves decided to go with Kevin Pillar as a part of the opening day roster, that to me was a bit puzzling because it just seemed as if there were other options during spring training who could offer higher upside. But once again, Alex Anthopoulos has shown to never doubt him. Kevin Pillar has been an absolutely wonderful addition to this Braves team, showing high-quality production against left-handers. He's played very good defense in left field, but the big thing overall that stands out to me about um, Kevin Pillar's production is that he time and time again, whether it's early in the game, late in the game, pinch-hitting, what have you, Kevin Pillar is always ready to deliver a big hit when it's needed, and that's exactly what he did once again on Thursday night, answering the Rockies' home run in the top of the second with a two-run double on his own to give the Braves a lead that they would never get back, give back. So once again, Alex Anthopoulos, a master when it comes to the moves on the margin, to moves on the margins. Kevin Pillar has been a great, great addition as a platoon partner to Eddie Rosario and others in left field. He continues to deliver when his number is called upon, and he has come up huge in big moments to help the Braves win many games. But the other storyline that you know we talked about a bit before the game that caught the attention of many was the fact that there was adjust, an adjustment in the lineup when it came to Ozzie Albies and Matt Olson. Both of those players delivered on Thursday night as they once again prove they are one of the best first baseman and second baseman combination of teammates in the majors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning 
and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So after the doubleheader on Wednesday, the Braves definitely were in line to make one or potentially a few roster moves coming into Thursday. Well, they made one after the doubleheader on Wednesday as they reassigned Dylan Dodd to AAA. Dylan Dodd had been called up. You know, teams can have one additional player on days of doubleheaders, and Dodd was called up on Wednesday to be the starter in Game 2, and he was sent down to Gwinnett, which was always going to be the plan, after his performance on Wednesday night. But the other thing that we were a bit unsure of was whether or not Jesse Chavez was going to have to have an injured list stint when it came to the leg injury that he suffered. Of course, you know, when you looked at it at first, the reaction, you know, just in the few first few moments of him being hit by the ball off the bat of Miguel Cabrera, it looked like that the injury could have been much more severe, maybe even a broken leg with how Jesse Chavez responded to being hit in the leg. But as the night went on, tests were negative, and it seemed as if Jesse Chavez was going to be able to be a day-to-day thing, and he would be back at some point in time in the near future, once again being a big part of the Braves' bullpen. But he woke up this morning Definitely seemed to be sore when it came to his leg. So kudos to the Braves that decided not to take any chances, especially for a player who's been such a key part of their bullpen. You'd much rather have him healthy as possible moving forward than risk further injury. The Braves decided to go ahead and put him on the 15-day injured list so that he could properly heal his leg and potentially be available towards, you know, the end of June, early July. In correspondence with Jesse Chavez going on the injured list, the Braves then called up recently acquired reliever Ben Heller. If you remember, you know, last week the Braves acquired him from the Rays for international bonus pool money. And the Heller is someone who definitely has had a good bit of success in the minors so far this season, but he hadn't pitched in the majors since 2020. So I don't necessarily think that he's going to be, you know, a heavily relied upon or frequently, you know, called upon member of the bullpen, but he will at least have a short stint with the bullpen to provide support in the case that it's needed. So not the most ideal situation when it comes to Jesse Chavez eventually being put on the injured list when the hope was was that he may not have to go on the injured list, but it's definitely better than the alternative that it looked like when the fact that he escaped serious injury. So it'll be interesting to see how the Braves, you know, utilize Heller as time goes on. He may get an appearance or two, but with the fact that the Braves bullpen overall has been improving in the month of June, I imagine Heller is just going to be there more for support if needed than be, a, you know, a crucial part of the bullpen. But if you want to talk about a crucial part of the Braves, a critical component to their success. This season so far, that has been the play of Matt Olson and Ozzie Albies. And that's what stood out about the Braves lineup 
on Thursday night. With the fact that they were facing the left-hander, and we all know just how much Ozzie Albies dominates left-handed pitching, but the fact that Ozzie Albies recently has done better from the left side of the plate against right-handed pitching, the Braves made the move to made the move to move him up to the second spot in the lineup. You know, we talk about Kevin Pillar consistently delivering, you know, big hit after big hit. Ozzie Albies has done that as well all season long. And with the three RBIs that he had on Thursday night, he now is tied for second in the majors with RBIs with 47. That's how good of a season that Ozzie Albies is having so far. And you know, I mentioned last week the fact that Nolan Gorman, Luis Arias of, of the Marlins, both of those players are having outstanding offensive seasons as second basemen. So Ozzie Albies potentially finding a spot on the all-star team may not necessarily be that simple, may not necessarily be that easy. But if he continues to produce at the plate, if he continues to drive runs home, get big hits, hit the ball at the ballpark, it's going to be hard to ignore Ozzie Albies once again being an all-star second baseman. So it's been incredible to see his production. It's going to be very interesting to see if the Braves want to continue seeing what they can do at the top of the order with Ronald Acuna Jr. being followed by Ozzie Albies. But of course, the other player to talk about who man's first base for the Braves is Matt Olson, and and myself and others who cover the team and those you know many across Braves country. You know we've seen the chatter, we we we've seen the concerns, we've seen the negativity recently when it comes to Matt Olson. And make no mistake, Matt Olson is going through a cold spell as a streaky hitter. His overall approach approach at the plate tends to go tends to correlate to hot streaks and cold streaks. And right now, Matt Olson is going through a cold streak. Definitely not to the level that he did at times last year, but he's also certainly not as consistent when it comes to his production as he was earlier in the season. But many have brought up the fact that his strikeout rate, you know, right now leading the majors in strikeouts, that is a huge concern. That is something that is making his season disappointing or, you know, is making it to where he's not meeting expectations. And the thing that I want to say to that is this, is that who cares? I know some I know some do care, but who cares if he's leading the league in strikeouts? The reason why that is is because that's just a natural byproduct of his approach at the plate. We've been here for years when it comes to how strikeouts are valued in Major League Baseball right now. You're going to likely get more frequent strikeouts when you have a player like Matt Olson who is looking to drive the ball as hard as he can every time he steps up to the plate. And the thing about it is this is that numbers also show that if a player strikes out a lot, if a player strikes out at a level that is among the highest in the game, that does not necessarily mean that they are not a valuable player. Just last year, when you look at the five players with the highest strikeout totals in the majors, their average F war in 2022 was 3.6. When you look at the top four strikeout totals this year. When you look at the hitters that have struck out the most, the four hitters that have struck out the most in the majors this season, they have an average FWAR of 1.2, which puts them on pace for a three FWAR season. The point that I'm getting at is, is that those strikeouts certainly are, are not a desired outcome at the plate. For a hitter like Matt Olson, you live with the strikeouts when you also are getting the power that Olson is displaying. Now, I know that many know this, but the fact is, is that the reason why this is being brought up is because right now he's going through a cold spell. 
The other thing to remember about Matt Olson is that eventually he does get hot. And when he does, he has the ability to carry this offense. And don't forget, he also shows up in big moments. He was incredible against the Mets in helping us win the division at the end of last year. He was our best hitter against the Phillies in the playoffs. So when it comes to Matt Olson, I understand. During the cold spells, the strikeouts, they may get a bit frustrating to see, you know, as frequently as they happen. And I also can certainly agree that he may not be the most ideal number two hitter in the lineup. But the fact is, is that he remains one of the Braves' most potent hitters, and that, even though he may be going through a bit of a cold spell right now, he definitely is able to deliver at any point in time, just like he did late in Thursday night's game. And here's the big key to all of this. The resurgence of Ozzie Albies from the struggles that he had last year, the overall production of Matt Olson, despite some up and down, you know, stretches, the Braves' first and second base combination of Matt Olson and Ozzie Albies, they rank first among first and second base combinations in the majors when it comes to home runs this season. They are third among first and second base combinations in the majors in, in RBIs, and they are fifth when it comes to OPS and WRC+. In other words, when it comes to Ozzie Albies and Matt Olson, they arguably are the most productive offensive duo when it comes to first and second basemen in the majors, and they have been big reasons why this Braves offense has been able to be among the best in the majors, and a big reason why the Braves continue to win at a high clip, despite the injuries and ineffectiveness that they've had to deal with elsewhere. So make sure you vote Ozzy into the All-Star game and also give Matt, Matt Olson some votes as well. But again, I know it can be frustrating to see the strikeouts from time to time when it comes to Matt Olson, but it definitely pays off when he does make contact. And overall, it's hard to argue against the track record of Ozzy Albies and Matt Olson, as again, they arguably are the most offensively productive first and second base unit in the majors so far this season. So now the attention turns to Friday night, and Jared Schuster will take the mound for the Braves. The Braves looking to put together their fourth straight win despite the loss on Monday, the disappointing loss to the Tigers on Monday. The Braves have been able to add to their division lead. They've been able to add two games in their division lead. Coming into Friday, they are five games up on the Marlins, and again, three more games against the Rockies this weekend. The big key for Jared Schuster as we mentioned with Michael Soroka, as we mentioned with A.J. Smith-Shaver, as we mentioned with Dylan Dodd, it's the opportunity for him to get himself more opportunities on Friday night. If he could put together a solid start, go five to six innings, and be able to limit this Rockies offense, the Braves offense should be able to give him the run support that he needs to feel comfortable and pitch well. And if he can deliver once again, if he can continue to improve like we've seen as the season has progressed, he could be someone that could fill a rotation spot going forward as well. So it's been a lot of fun watching several of these younger Braves get a chance to show what they could do so far this year. There's been some struggles, there's been some successes, but there also has been progression, and, and Jared Schuster has been one of the best examples of that, and hopefully his positive performances will continue 
on Friday night. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. Again, my name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter, and you can find all of our great podcast content wherever it's available. Just hit that subscribe button, and you'll get the latest content when it's there. Until next time, my name's Sean Coleman. Enjoy your weekend. Go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer. (laughs) 